And I'm Jennifer. And welcome to All Things Terror, where hopefully we're not talking about poop. You just missed the poop conversation. You're welcome, America. Uh, There's definitely bound to be some episode sometime that's about poop, because poop is horrifying in many ways. Um, Many, many ways of horrifying poop. Well, since we're starting off talking about poop anyways, and children who get sick because they don't wash their poop germs off of them. Oh my gosh, is your story about poop germs or children? (laughs) Well, it's more like a story of how my puppy will not stop trying to eat cat poop. Oh my god, that's the grossest thing on earth. No, and it's awful because he'll get into the litter box, and then I'll fuss at him, and then I'll get him out, and then the first thing he wants to do is try to lick my face. Oh. And it is, it is every time, you know, like, the cheesy, like, slow motion, like, in horror movies where, like, you can see the bad thing coming. And, oh, like, yeah. The it's eerie, like... That is it every time he tries to do that. Oh, yeah, I've definitely, my dog, I've had the experience where he's, like, being cute and coming to, like, lick my face or be sweet, and I'm like, oh, hey, oh, oh, no, I can smell the cat poop on your breath, no. Oh, it's so... It's the worst. It's so gross. My dog has only done it a couple times because when I catch him doing it, I just have this visceral reaction of insane disgust, and I just flip out. Like, I have a pretty strong stomach for most things, but... My dog eating cat poop. I, like, cannot look at him or touch him for days. I'm just like, what kind of creature are you? Yeah, I don't I don't understand dog brains. But, you know, that doesn't matter. That is not what we're here to talk about today. Listen, we can always cook and eat the dogs. That is an option. And, you know, since you've already outed me on my dog stew, you know, we might, we might talk about that recipe one day. We'll see. Hmm. Yeah. If you aren't talking about children and poop, dog or human children, uh, what what kind of story are you going to tell me today? Well, I think it is time for us to talk about taking our friendship to the next level. <gasps> what are we gonna get? Are we getting matching tongue rings? I mean, tongue rings are like so nineteen ninety eight. You're right, matching nipple rings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I what I'm really talking about is the most intimate experience that you can have with somebody, which is Emily. Driving into the airport. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on my knee. I don't know. I'm just a girl asking another girl. I feel so much dread. Would you you eat a part of my body? (gasps) Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would cook it, though. You might have to do the cooking. So... (laughs) Wait, time out. What part of your body? Okay, so I want to talk about that. So, <laughs> I, fa- fast, fast summation. There was a Vice article that uh, went around, and of course, you had seen this too. Mm. Oh, yeah. Wait, have I? Yes. I have a bad memory, so I believe you, but I also don't remember it. So this is going to be a delightful surprise story. Well, I I can't remember if it was like an accident or something, but essentially he was in a situation where he had to have his foot amputated. And because the laws are what they are in the United States and in several countries, (laughs) he was asked if he wanted his 
foot back because Okay, they're... that is bullshit because when I got my wisdom teeth out, I wanted those teeth and the dentist was like, no, we have to break them up in little pieces. And I am bitter about that to this day. I was like, I grew those teeth inside of my body. They are mine. Give me my teeth. I, that orthodontist straight up stole my teeth. He's probably using them for voodoo rituals now. He might have a bunch of jewelry made out of your teeth. Wow. So, you know, I still have my, my one wisdom tooth. I'll give it to you if you really feel that broke up about it. I do. I'm hurt. Uh, also, my mom had to have a tooth pulled because she's been a smoker all her life, and so her teeth are shit, and her gums are shit. I don't know. Anyway, somehow there's something about that. I don't understand dentistry. But I have one of my mother's teeth, too. That's not creepy. I mean, I keep being like, I'm going to make it into a nice piece of jewelry, and I haven't yet. But if you send me your wisdom tooth, I could have little earrings or something. Have a matching pair. Well, you know, I do owe you a package, so. Oh, yes. Okay, so, so the foot, that-, <laughs> that doctor was above board, unlike my very expensive and professional, or so I assumed, orthodontist. Oh, okay, but there are laws protecting people, and this is why. Um, mm-hmm. Some religions require a person to be buried whole. <gasps> oh. So... Right, you know, so the, when Jesus comes back and raptures you, you're not, like, gimping with one foot. Pretty much, pretty much. <gasps> Wait, um, in this scenario, uh, when Jesus comes back and raptures people, let's say your foot gets buried somewhere else. Is that foot alive without you? I mean, I guess it would be, but then that's sort of like its own fun av- adventure, being like, I need to go find my friend foot. Yeah, it's like um, the brave little toaster, but the severed <laughs> foot in the human body. Oh my god, I forgot about that movie. <laughs> uh, I remember it being like kind of a dr- like dramatic like tearjerker, but it's about appliances. Children are very dumb. Like I remember being the blanket was really sad and I was like, "What is sad about a talking blanket? Uh, this is dumb." Okay, so you are right there, but also I'm the person that like got a little teary-eyed in Wally, so and they're basically appliances too. Oh yeah, I guess Wally is kind of yeah. I mean, it wasn't nearly as like gut wrenching as the beginning of Up, where I was like, I don't know if I can watch the rest of this movie. <laughs> I watched it and like got like choked up, and then I got like angry, like how dare you make me feel feelings this early into a movie? This is horseshit. Like I got mad that <laughs> Pixar was doing this somehow. Um. Like, why am I feeling sad? I don't even know who these people are or what they are. And so the, I, you know. I did not pay $9 to feel sad to immediately. And get fucked up immediately. No, thank you. Yeah, right? <laughs> Extra popcorn, please. I'm not even drunk yet. This is horseshit. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> this guy's foot. So he had his foot amputated. And when he was asked if he would like his foot, he very smartly said, Yes, of course. (laughs) So then he explains that in his group of friends, he had had the discussion, like, if you had the opportunity to eat human flesh with no consequence, would you eat human flesh? And a bunch of people said yes. So what he did after he got his foot back is that he invited all of those friends who said yes to a very special dinner where they basically served like foot tacos or something like that. <laughs> foot tacos. That's delightful. <laughs> I just, it's the smelliest of meals. 
Except, okay, one, I appreciate that they made it into a nice taco. That's kind of awesome. But foot meat, uh, you know, that's not like a prime cut or anything. Well, no, so that's the thing. Like, on the one hand, it's kind of cool, like, you know, this hypothetical question that, like, was part of his social circle, his interaction with his people. He's like, you know what, now that I have this foot, I'm going to make everyone's dream come true. Right, then, like that that party icebreaker, like, what would you do if you're president for a day? Or what if you won the lottery? But then it really comes true. Exactly. But really a foot? TBH, I would be really offended. It's like, so I'm going to eat the thing that, like, basically touches like all the nastiest parts of the world it sits in a in a sweaty sock sometimes yeah i think it would be really like tough and gamey too like it's not a good cut of meat it's all sinewy and yeah i don't don't, mean i don't know if you ate foot meat that you could say you have a good idea of what a human tastes like or that you have any taste whatsoever uh did this guy wait okay i remember this being a thing did he like get in trouble no so here's the thing (laughs) you know so he invited all these people over and i forgot it was like a ridiculous number like 10 people or something crazy and everyone except one person now i want to point this out more people said yes than more people said no one person said no not like he was like come over for taco feast and then after everyone took a bite, he's like, BT-dub, that's not ground beef. Like, everybody knew going in that they were eating human yeah, tacos. He was, he was like, I have foot for you. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> sounds good, bro. Awesome. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's also like, is this also a foot fetish thing? Do people, would eating a foot be equally as satisfying? I don't know. I'm going into a weird place on this. This is this is like a Venn diagram between foot fetish people and then, what is it? Is it vor? Like they think about they want to be eaten or they want to eat people and that's what gives them boners. This is like the Venn diagram of those two groups. We should make a chart and definitely put it on the website. Yeah, also it's very uh, super specific. If this is your fetish, you're going to have a hard time finding another person who has that same, I need to eat the flesh of a foot to achieve orgasm. This guy found all the people in one group. I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe it's like that's how they became friends, right? It's not that they became friends and then ate the foot. It's that they were like in a Facebook group of whatever that fetish is called. <laughs> like a member of like four people Vor- and a couple other people accidentally wandered in and was like, oh, this isn't so bad. Yeah, they're vorpedists. Um, <laughs> vorpedist. <laughs> and so they were in like a vorpedist Facebook group and that's how they met each other. So if you if you eat your own foot, does that make you an auto vorpedist? Well, I guess if eating your own foot is what makes you have an orgasm, then you're an auto vorpedist. We need to write Dan Savage about this. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so... Here's the thing. It's actually not illegal. Cannibalism is not illegal in most countries. It is extremely taboo. Yeah. And and murdering someone is illegal. Right. But it is not illegal to consume human body parts. And let's think about this a little more deeply. You know, uh, you have mothers who eat their own placenta. Ooh. Like, that's a big trending yeah, thing. Yeah, that grosses that's me out. That's a form of cannibalism. But then, you know, those people, especially the ones that live in New Orleans who 
believe that they're vampires and they drink their blood and other people's blood like that's kind of like vampirism yeah right? but i then, mean i do chew my nails uh, or not vampirism cannibalism yeah i chew my nails so i guess i'm kind of technically a, a cannibalist an auto cannibalist an auto cannibalist yeah <laughs> but um you know also um i don't know if you've ever witnessed this but i remember distinctly this time I was watching a kid peel his sunburn and then promptly no, no, eat his ew, dead skin. No, okay. Yes. I I am a pick. I pick it my hands. If I get a sunburn, I'm gonna peel that skin right off. Sorry if this is grossing people out. But I would never eat it. Oh Yes. So cannibalism is kind of alive and well in our culture. Yeah, even apparently. though it's very taboo. But it's also not legal. You you can eat placenta. You can totally drink some other people's blood and you know what's even crazier is back in back in the way back days when people were the way back maybe days. not entirely not entirely rational people used to like eat ground up like mummies oh, because yeah. they thought that that was would help them be healthier and all this stuff not illegal no one got in trouble for this. I have heard, like, I don't think this is a, I don't know if this is a real thing or if it's just something people, like, joke about, about, like, snorting ashes, like, cre- cremains of people, um, or, like, sprinkling cremains into food. I, I don't think people, I don't think that's something that's commonly done because I feel like eating any sort of ash would make you a little sick, but I guess that would technically be cannibalism, too. Yes, that would be cannibalism. But also, that's really gross. <laughs> you don't know how those remains were. That whole process. I mean, okay, you remember that book <laughs> that we read? The, the lady who worked in a crematorium? Oh, yeah. Um, Caitlin. Oh, my gosh. She's super famous. Well, not super famous, but well-known. Uh, the book is called Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, and her first name is Caitlin. I cannot think of her last name right now. She does ask a mortician. Yeah. Uh, let's call her Caitlin Snow. Um, Caitlin Snow. So yeah, she, you know, she details in some pretty gruesome <laughs> descriptions, like what happens to bodies as they start to decompose and they're waiting to be cremated. Like I remember when she was talking about like the one person that was covered like head to toe in like some really like terrible mold. Oh, I forgot. I. I forgot about that part, but yeah. Did I send you that book? No, I bought it on my um, own. I should have sent it to you. Uh, apparently, I need to reread it. I do not remember the mold part. Yeah, so she talks about this body that's just, like, basically covered in this terrible mold. It's, like, I guess, like, dead people for... It happens a lot. Yeah. Also, her last name, her real last name is uh, Jody. Oh, there we go. So, um... <laughs> It's it's extra disgusting to me because, like, you know, when they go to cremate people, like, they're not washing them after they get the mold and stuff. Just all of that gets burned up. Hmm. So when people, like, sprinkle that magical dead body dust on their food or whatever, you're basically eating, like, whatever weird shit also happened to that body after they died. I guess that's true. They're not, like, it's not like if you, like, are hunting and you, like, disembowel something and clean it up. They're just putting you in the oven. Right. Hmm. So, extra gross if people are doing that. But then again, who am I to judge? Because people have done it all over the place in history, and apparently 
in some ways it was acceptable behavior. So if you read, everyone knows about the Donner Party, right? And it's funny because today, um, the most salacious part of the Donner Party is that they ate each other because they were starving. The Donner Donner Reed Party, I like to add that because it's not like Reed should get off early, like off easy, off early. <laughs> Uh, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, so they <laughs> were like Oregon Trail pioneers and uh, got, they left too late in the year and everyone was like, you're leaving too late. And they were like, fuck you, we do what we want. And they got stuck actually kind of close to where I grew up around Nevada, California. And they got stuck in the snow and they had to eat each other to survive. Well, they ate dead bodies. They didn't murder. They, they just cannibalized. The dead. Yeah, the people that already died. Also, I read or heard once that they would label the parts so that you wouldn't eat any of your family members. <laughs> that was considerate. Yeah, I guess so. But to me, I was kind of like, I don't know. I think maybe I would want to eat my family member over a stranger. I, so we got to talk about that, too. But gonna going to pause for a moment and then get back to the thing about the Donner Party, right? Which was... Um, so what's funny is if you, um, somebody had, you know, gone back and looked through all the archives about the Donner Party story, like after it had happened and it was fresh in people's mind. And what was focused on in those articles was not the fact that they cannibalized each other, but they were like, there's like Donner Party treasure and nobody knows where it is and you have to find it. <laughs> And, and the other thing that was, like, the salacious or interesting or, like, exciting, tantalizing part of the Donner Party story, which was, like, just the terrible shit that they went through. Mm -hmm. This is what those stories focused on because the cannibalism part, at least at that time, really wasn't that shocking. Oh, that's upsetting. But there are recent examples of cannibalism as well, or more recent examples, not just this group of friends that shared this experience of eating one another one of their friends <laughs> while they were living in caves under the snow by the way <laughs> it was <laughs> yes. a real bummer time but you know so there is th this is a very famous example of cannibalism but there is the um man in germany i, I believe he was in germany who solicited um we'll put out an ad for someone to be cooked. oh yeah and he got in trouble because he was like Someone was like, yeah, uh, kill me and eat me. And they're like, you can't do that. And he's like, but he's consenting. And they're like, you can't kill people even with their consent. <laughs> yeah, he went to prison, not for cannibalism, but for the murder. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy because, again, it's not illegal. And there is a certain extent where consent is acceptable. So you can invite 10 of your friends come have taco dinners with you, and that's fine. Uh, can't murder them. Survival cannibalism is acceptable. There was, was it the Argentinian rugby team? Uruguay? I don't, yeah, the, you know, one of those, uh, there was a rugby team, I think. Was it rugby? My memory's Yeah, fading. I think it is rugby. The point is, yes, there was a plane crash, and they survived the 70-something days by eating the remains of those who did not survive. I mean, I think it's interesting because there are, like you point out, there's like the survival cannibalism and then 
there's like ritual cannibalism, which we haven't really talked about, but then there is like the Jeffrey Dahmer, like creepy stuff, but it's a bigger spectrum than we normally think of. Even though you're right, it does feel insanely taboo. It's, I guess, maybe less taboo than we think initially. Well, so let's look at some of the tribes that do still practice cannibalism. And basically, these cannibalistic practices fall into two categories. There is the eating of the dead relative as a as a village or as a family because you're duty-bound to it keeps loved ones close to the community. In this cannibalistic ritual, it is uh, just part of the funeral, right? You eat the dead. It's a totally not a weird thing to do. Right, it's like your funeral potatoes. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag Mormon funeral potatoes. Literal meat and potatoes at your funeral. <laughs> uh, Emily, would you eat me if I died? Um... If, like, I wouldn't just randomly decide to do it, um, <laughs> but okay, if you, like, put a thing in your, like, a clause in your will that was, like, uh, and I, I deed my, like, haunch to whoever will eat me, and yeah, then yes. Yeah, I don't, I, I would probably pick whatever is the fatty part of me. Um, I but. feel like, kind of like your back muscle, because that's, like, in, in, like, beef and, pigs you know like under your ribs and on the back because that's going to be a good blend of like muscle and fat but it's not going to be sinewy well i i would also need to get way more massages like you know i kind of want to be like wagyu Mm, yeah or i think or kobe i feel like a thigh might be a pretty good cut on a human (laughs) so uh funny enough i did find a like a chart on uh cuts of people (laughs) but i'm not gonna go into that (laughs) I went, I went to some dark places on the internet. I would also like to point out so, that this conversation is happening between two vegetarians. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I was a meat eater, I would be way more grossed out by this idea of eating people meat. But because I don't eat any meat, it's all academic to me. If I had just, like, wolfed down a big old hamburger and then I started talking about people meat, I would be like, oh my god, I'm going to throw up. So my question is, too, is like, well, is it really not vegetarianism, cannibalism? And also, what if it's like cannibalism where no harm comes to the animal? That's true. Like in the it's like, I don't. okay, so we can like dork out on that all day. (laughs) But then so there's this other recipe sharing. We have a whole Pinterest board about human meat. Um, so, you know, we have our lamprey recipe, our puppy stew recipe and our cuts of human we're becoming i think this is like a whole other we have like an all things terror cookbook (laughs) (laughs) right so um oh my gosh that'll that'll be how we get zero monies everyone's like i'm not paying for that um it'll be a free downloadable pdf and it'll just be us being (laughs) like don't eat lamprey (laughs) it'll be like open a bottle of wine Called Domino's. <laughs> and now you have cooked your first lamprey recipe. <laughs> so the other type of cannibalism is the Hollywood cannibalism. And this is where people will eat other people. And this is where the story gets a little interesting because I've read about a lot of these different tribes. And essentially, now there is like the belief like if you eat other people, you can take their power. Sure. But 
you know, these are these are enemies that you kill and these kinds of things. But a lot of the cannibalistic practices come around this idea that the person that you're killing and eating is actually a witch. What? And I remember in this... I've never heard that. Yeah, so what happens is if, like, if... It's very vague on the details, but, like, someone says that, like, a witch is eating them from the inside, and, like, as they are close to death, that person can tell you the witch's name. So a villager or a tribesperson, whatever, that is dying can whisper the name of another person because now they know the witch's name as they're dying. And then it's the duty of the person, um, living relative, friend, whoever it is, uh, members of the tribe, to find that witch kill that witch and eat it to destroy the witch. Oh, that's so, so. interesting because I get hangry and when I get really hangry, it's I often say I feel like my body is eating me from the inside out. So maybe it's not my hanger. You it's could, a damn ass witch. It's a witch. You're possessed and when you are dying, you need to whisper the witch's name to a person. Mm. Preferably not me. I don't want to have to kill someone and eat them. I'm joking. I would never kill someone and eat them. You would only eat them with their consent. Only with their consent. I and have to say, this is, you can't verify this because you can't see it, but my cat, who I have routinely said is a, is a demon, she's an all-black cat, is like sleeping near me upside down with her eyes open just a little bit and her teeth showing which is what she does like she's on her back like this which is what she does when she's very happy and so i feel like this demonic cat creature is exceedingly pleased at the idea of cannibalism she's like i've been waiting my whole life for this episode she's like and now is when i eat you (laughs) so killing these witches (laughs) i remember Sorry, I don't know why it's funny to be like... We're we're all the way back. Wait, what are we talking about? I can't remember. Oh, right, killing witches. (laughs) I mean, casually forgetting the fact that we're talking about killing witches and eating them. You know, that's what the witch hunt in England and partially in Salem did wrong, is that they didn't eat their witches, they just burned them. Oh, so that's that's why there's still so many witches in New England, is we need we need to eat them, not just burn them up. Yes, exactly. Well, this does go back to this idea of puppy stew and why they eat cat poop. I mean, listen, we'll, we'll include the brains and then maybe we'll be able to understand. The, the cat poop is actually a deterrent. They're like, don't eat me because I eat cat shit. Because I smell like the worst blend of ammonia and rotting carcasses and shit. Cats are so small, but they smell so bad. It just boggles the mind. Back to witches. (laughs) What was interesting to me and really struck out to me when I was, or stuck, not struck, I'm already thinking them getting murdered for food. Well, you are a witch. I am a witch, and it is likely that someone is currently waiting for someone else to die so that they can whisper my name and they can come out and murder me. Because you're you're eating people from the inside out? Yes. (laughs) But slowly, I like to keep people alive a lot longer. Um, so, <laughs> my cruelty knows no bound. Um, the the thing that really st- stuck out to me is that, so this journalist who is staying with these cannibali- uh, cannibalists and learning more about them, asked them, well, do you eat any other people, you know, if you're warring with a tribe or something like that? Mm-hmm. And the person that she was talking to was quick to correct her and said, we don't eat people, we only eat witches. Oh. And that is 
interesting to me. Yeah. Damn. Like, if you were a fiction writer, you could not write a more chilling and incredible line. Right? It's kind of beautiful because, like, you in, in their heads, right, you know, they're not thinking that they're they're killing human beings and eating them. What they're doing is that they're attacking these supernatural beings that are destroying their tribes, their neighboring tribes, their enemies, and they're and they're base it's like it's another animal, basically. Right. I mean, they're still people, but the fact that they see them as not people is yeah, that's incredible. That's not a frame of mind that I am ever in. <laughs> so there's a group of friends having dinner. and they're eating foot tacos yeah well aware of the fact that the meat that they're consuming is from a human and uh not from a witch uh they they are not doing this out of survival and uh the friend who supplied the foot said uh something else that was very interesting that makes me think about the death ritual which is he goes well i feel like we all got like like he was talking about how they felt like he felt like their bond their friendship was stronger after that experience oh well yeah sure i mean you you know what what stronger bond is there than between two friends who are tasting of the flesh of another friend But it's so funny because it's like, you know, I kind of get it because like, you know, that's what they, several soci, sociological psychology bullshits where it talks about like human beings bond over food. Oh, um, yeah. Bonding, bonding over food has been uh, in the human culture since I think humans thought about being humans. And it's so funny because like if you're not only bonding over like the oldest form of bonding, but you're bonding over that tradition as a taboo i could kind of see that you know like you don't eat the dead because you want to you eat the dead because you feel like it's a duty or an obligation and i wonder if it's sort of like the same feeling like i'm here i committed to saying yes and now my friend says eat my foot and i'm like you know what i'll down a taco i'm into this i'm into this yeah but you know there while there are no consequences legally of consensual ca- cannibalism where no one dies, uh, there are real risks of it. You know, you have shit like Kuru. Right, this, which... is, this is also, like, where mad cow disease comes from. It comes from giving cow meat to cows. But this is this is what I learned, and it's extremely crazy to me, is that there are people who are resistant to Kuru, like, genetically <gasps> resistant to Kuru. That's horrifying. That is scary, because... Like, every species, every animal has, if they eat their own kind, eat long enough. I mean, you could usually eat, like, one of yourself. Like, a snake can eat another snake. But if you eat your own kind, you go insane. Like, it destroys your brain and makes you sick and shit. But there are some people that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, those are the people that are, one, keep a fucking eye on them. And, two, going to survive an apocalypse when they only available food is other humans and cockroaches oh oh my god Mm, i mean if you had to choose would you eat a roach or would you eat a person a person hands down (laughs) i would without i would without question i would eat a person over a cockroach but at the risk of getting kuru i feel like if i had to eat like so I lived in Louisiana, and there are just roaches everywhere, like, all the time. It doesn't matter how clean anything is. And they are so gross and so just wily. They can climb up. Th- they 
can and did climb up through the drain in your bathtub. They can like squeeze through an opening as thin as a sheet of paper. They eat everything. They are so hard to kill and they're so big. They are just, there's, there's this deep seated revulsion in me. I, I cannot explain it. And I did not understand it until I lived somewhere where they were just all over the place. And it's just, they are evil. I, I, I feel like nature is sort of beyond good and evil most of the time, except for cockroaches. They're just, there's this malevolence that rolls off of them and they're just, <laughs> I, I really, they are not of the realm of things that should be like, they just, I've never heard of cockroach being described in that manner you know (laughs) i mean they look also they're so big and they have these antennas and like bug antennas and bug eyes they look when you see one in your house first of all the first time i saw one i thought it was like a leaf because they're so big but they look like they would turn around and speak human words to you they're just They feel like cockroaches, palmetto bugs, whatever you want to call them. It feels like there was a rip in the fabric of our universe and they came in from another place where they make sense because they don't make sense in this plane. They're disgusting, horrible things. They're just... You you haven't read the metamorphosis, have you? No, no. Yeah, don't read it. I will not. I feel like cockroaches would eat a human baby alive, but they realize that they don't need to do that because they can do other things. So there's laziness in addition to, like, malevolence and some sort of dark intelligence. They're just... So, um, I guess what you're saying is that you don't want me to bring you that pet cockroach that I got you. Fuck no. Fuck no. You look I mean, at you it and you're like, I'm going to ceremonial, ceremonially behead you right now because um, that's the only thing that can be done. And then you have to, after you behead them, you have to like squish them a bunch more to really stop them from moving. But they're still, you know, some, some sort of essence lingers. They're just, oh, yeah, no. Listen, if you're starving, eat a human. Don't fucking cockroaches. <laughs> Hashtag, if you're starving, eat a human. Yeah. Secondly, if any of you out there in the world are trying to become exterminators, just remember, Maleficent, Dark Intelligence, Slightly Lazy. Yeah, be aware of them. are going to be your worst. (laughs) Yeah, also, I would like to point out that I have eaten... I've eaten bugs. I've eaten, like, a sauce made of ants. I've eaten ant larvae. That looked like risotto kind of stuff. I've eaten, like, dried grasshoppers. I have eaten bugs and have no problem with it. But the idea of eating a cockroach, I feel like that might be a line. That might be a part where I'm like, this is... I will lay down and die. Cats, you know what? come and get eat my face, because I'm yeah. going to die before I eat a fucking cockroach. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, you know how I feel about bugs. They don't creep me out. They, I mean, uh, every year I get less and less creeped out. I'm normally not creeped out, but cockroaches, like I said, there's just, there's like this dark intelligence and they have some sort of motive that is hard to discern, but you can tell that they don't wish you well and they acknowledge your (laughs) presence 
and they want to destroy you. I, just, there's just something very, very bad and dark in their tiny little hearts. They probably don't have hearts. They just have a cavern full of dust and, like, sharp things. <laughs> dust and ill intentions. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, honestly, I don't know. So, if there was lab-made human meat, like, maybe I would try that. Yeah, 100%. being aware of Kuru and, like, all the negative consequences of consuming human meat in the real world and practical application situation, I don't think I would do it. And if there was an apocalypse, you know what? I'm probably going to end up dying anyways because I need to get vitamin shots every month and I wear contacts. So <laughs> it's not a decision I'm really going to have to worry about. It's like, eh, I'm going to die. So maybe I can die for something noble, kicking someone in the face because they're being annoying. Or I don't know, like stealing the last package of Wonder Bread or something. But I, I, f- I feel like I sit on and somewhere in the middle on this because morally, right, I don't really see anything wrong with it. Like it's not in conflict with any of my principles. It's, well, here's this human foot. Um, I'm offering it to you, it's mine, I'm not dead, and by the way, someone is tastefully seasoning it. (laughs) That's true, I want to know what recipe they use for the taco meat. I know, I'm so interested, and I feel a little bit bad about making fun of them, because I'd still, like, I kind of want to ask, be like, so... What flavor profile did you go with? Did you did you pair it with a wine? You know, Seriously. But... Well, okay, my long-standing belief has been that humans would taste like pork. It tastes like pig. That's a general consensus uh, yeah. according to experienced people eaters. So, you'd probably want acidic things to pair with it, like some fridge pickled onions, maybe some radishes. You know, like a vinegary hot sauce. Yeah, maybe. Gosh, I don't know. I guess tacos probably was like a good choice then. Yeah, I I mean, I'm assuming he put the foot in a crock pot for like a day and a half. Because again, kind of the most off-putting part of that original thing is that it's the foot. Really? Re- again, like, I mean, I wonder if any of those people slightly offended. Be like, ugh, the foot? But... <laughs> I'm also oh, and he, I'm also curious as to why the foot had to be amputated. So I could pull up the article, but that kind of takes away the charm well, of just the speculation. Wildly, like it got crushed in a machine accident or something. Some there was some type of uh, accident or injury involved. I think I vaguely remember that. I also can't remember if he hired someone to cook for him. But what I do remember uh, very distinctly is that there were pictures of the process. <gasps> Oh, no. I don't want to see those pictures. Oh, but you kind of need to see them. The problem, this is, okay, this is a side note, but there are, I feel like there are two types of people, like, people who are like, I have to look at the pictures, and then they bother me, or there are people who are like, I'm not going to look at the pictures because they bother me too much, but, like, I've looked at pictures of dead bodies a lot, and I've looked at, like, gross pictures, and the problem that I have is that they don't bother me. Like, if I read a description of something, I'm like, oh, no, I can't imagine it. It's the worst. But when I look at a picture, I'm just like, yep, that's right. We're all going to die. So, like, I think that I don't want to see a picture of them cooking a human foot because I know it wouldn't bother me. And that bothers me more. Like, I should be, I should have an emotional reaction. And instead, my brain's like, meh. 
Listen, we're both extremely desensitized. We're it's dead okay. inside. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Like, whenever someone, like, okay, for real, if I'm watching a movie or a documentary or whatever and someone, like, plays out mouth pain, I can actually feel that mouth pain and it really bothers oh, me. Oh, I feel like that when people fuck with hands in movies, I'm like, I can't handle bad things happening to fingers. Yeah, I can't do teeth. Like, anything in the mouth, it's like, it just instantly hurts. Yeah, no. But yeah, those those pictures were nothing. It, you know, I feel like you and I grew up in the same times of the development of the internet, and I feel like Rotten.com just, like, ruined me. Yeah, I feel like... <laughs> Along with, like, all of the horror movies I watched growing up. Yeah, I feel like there was this... And there still kind of is this idea of if you anything exists on the internet, find where your edge is. Like this this ethos that came along with the internet of like just find the grossest part. Like keep going until you decide you don't want to go any further. Like keep pushing yourself. Um, but yeah, that's disgusting. It's like smashed hand. Okay, great. Now let's look at some exploding brain. <laughs> Oh, by the way, the uh, best way to get Kuru is to eat brains. So don't really? don't eat the brains. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, there's like higher risk. Like people who are infected, you, there's a risk from eating them. But there's also like higher risk of like certain parts of the body that you eat. TBH, I like skimmed a lot of that because it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna get to the business of eating people. I just need like you know. <laughs> A general understanding of how this works. That's funny. I would not have anywhere near thought that certain body parts would be more or less likely to induce literal madness than others, but apparently there are. Oh, yeah, and it's kind of crazy. Like, so it could have a several month incubation period before <gasps> it hits people. Ugh, ugh, no. And. And it's like it's it's also called the laughing disease. Like you start laughing uncontrollably. <gasps> Stop. But there's other oh, things too. That's like, so creepy. That's really creepy. I don't like any of that. Yeah, it's like shit straight out of a fucking horror movie. Like someone rolling around on the ground laughing, but they're also like losing control of their other parts of their body, and then basically you end up in a canatonic state, not being able to do anything except shit yourself and die. And this could have been like simmering in your body for months. That is the most terrifying part of the, your entire story. Yeah, you don't you don't need to have a stalker. You don't need to have like, you know, premeditated murderer coming to murderate you. No, no, no. You just have a a pyron or a pylon or whatever whatever the fuck that is. Listen, I've been drinking lots of wine. <laughs> I am extra scientific right now. <laughs> extra scientific. <laughs> You got this, like... Hello, two people with advanced English degrees. We are hashtag extra scientific. (laughs) Extra scientific. You have, like, basically this protein that's been hitting the methamphetamine a little bit hard, (gasps) going crazy in your body. Oh, my God. And then it kills you. You know, hidden killers are really terrifying, especially, like, when your body backfires on you. One of the things I used to be... I learned about when I was in middle school that terrified me for... No, I was in elementary school. And terrified me for a long time was the fact that you could die from an aneurysm at any age. And there's no way to prevent it. And it's entirely unexpected. So, uh, 
hilariously, I feel like this has happened multiple times uh, where our topics overlap in an interesting way. Uh, and that is continuing. You are talking about cannibalism. And my story is not about cannibalism, but I am talking about the Aztecs. Oh my god, that's so good. Uh, Jennifer, what are the Aztecs famous for? Heads will roll. (laughs) (laughs) Human sacrifice. Um, So, yes, they are very famous for human sacrifice. And this is all true, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit. But the, the Aztecs are basically the Roman Empire of the Americas. And I don't know what you learned about them in school, but they are baller. They ruled for, like, a thousand years. They had some really, like, crazy, powerful baller party years. They did some weird shit. And they went to mysterious decline, just like the Roman Empire. Lead in the water, having orgies, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, they did do human sacrifice. So, basically, they're, like, 19... 80s rich people high on coke (laughs) yeah they are except in mexico so like jungles mountains beautiful landscapes yeah so yes exactly 1980s rich kids but like way prettier setting and in a lot and a lot more blood sacrifice yeah well as far as we know um allegedly (laughs) Allegedly, yeah. So um, one of the things that I... So the Aztec is actually not the right word. What they really should be called is Mexica, which is the Nahuatl, which is the native language. But basically, you had the Mexica people, and then the Spanish conquistadors came over and were like, we're in charge now, and that's Mexico. A lot of really creepy things were going on with the Mexicas, in addition to human sacrifices. One was that they are really mysterious. Like, there are a lot of things that people, or I guess archaeologists, historians, still don't know. There are these huge temples that they think they know are about this, but they are actually a huge mystery. There's a big temple outside uh, Mexico City called Teotihuacan, and that was a total mystery even to the Mexica people. So this is thousands of years old, and they were like, we have no idea what this gigantic pyramid is about. I don't know, like, let's just maybe put a giant panther head on top, or maybe not, or maybe we had human sacrifices, or maybe we didn't. Maybe we were just really into panthers, whatever, shut up. Right, maybe we just made these things that are huge so that stupid tourists in the future would climb up them who knows but it's it's insane to me because okay, time out yes i really hope that that is true because that would make them the <laughs> ultimate trollers which is pretty amazing i hope it's true as well and that is my favorite theory is that they were just like oh we don't know but you know people will think it's funny um also another thing that's interesting is they kind of a lot of the mexica temples that they don't understand where they came from they think that disease went through and wiped out villages so they were kind of empty for a while basically ghost towns and then people came in and re-inhabited them and by the time the spanish or whoever showed up to be like yo, what are these things? They're like, well, we don't really fucking remember. We just live here. Exactly like how ghost towns work today, right? Oh, I don't know. We've just been here forever. Who cares? (laughs) Right. Yeah. New England and your ghosts and witches. So yeah, 
human sacrifices. Also, I I feel like we need to point out right now that we've made it, you and I have both made it really, really far without making a joke about Catholics being cannibals, eating the body and the blood of Christ. How did we do that? I'm really proud of us. Super proud of us. Catholics are cannibals. Well, actually, yeah, because Catholics believe in transubstantiation, which is that through the magic of priests, it does not become symbolic body of Christ. It becomes actual body of Christ. Um, and that's a, that's one of the schisms, as, as I understand it, someone who did not grow up in a church, right? That you either believe that it's just the metaphor or it's not. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, tell us, are Catholics cannibals? <laughs> or, um, or if you can tell us more about transubstantiation. Woo, alcohol. That would be pretty amazing, too. Yeah, I, and or if at any point at a party you want to appear knowledgeable or smart, use the word transubstantiation and say that it's one of the schisms between different branches of Christianity, and then you will be the biggest douchebag at the party. <laughs> well, the second biggest douchebag, if and only if there's someone playing Wonderwall, and they're the <laughs> only person who brought their guitar, and they weren't paid to bring their guitar. <laughs> yes, that's so true. Um, so, all right, so Catholics eat the body of Christ. Uh, Aztecs do make human sacrifices, uh, and one of the popular myths is that it's always the POWs, or, like, they would capture people and sacrifice them. It's an interesting thing, but it's not necessarily true. Um, I think we like it. We like to spread that myth because we like to think, like, oh, these people are so savage, and they didn't treat people that they captured well. But, to be honest, like, no POWs are ever captured well. Even today, like... They're supposed to be, but they're not. Like, anyway. But um, Aztecs didn't always sacrifice POWs. Um, it was actually, like, a, a really big religious belief. And so this actually freaks me out a little bit. They thought that their god, uh, Huitzilopochtli. Uh, I don't know if I'm you, saying that right. You mean you don't know how to say these words, Emily? Huitzilopochtli. Listen, all right, I, hmm, uh, well, I'm not going to go on a big long tangent about why Mexican Spanish is different than Spain Spanish, but it is because of the leftover Nahuatl languages, which is really hard to say. And I'm going to give you the Huitzilopochtli, and I'm going to say I'm a white person, and I'm really sorry that I'm not saying it right. But anyway, so he was the <laughs> god of sun and war, and he was a vampire. He was a lamprey. He needed blood to survive. But he didn't turn you into a lamprey. No, he did not turn you into a lamprey, but he might have been a lamprey or a vampire, which is apparently a theme on this podcast because, yeah, he needed blood to survive. So the Aztec, and this is actually a little bit more terrifying than just that they made human sacrifices. They were like basically Aztec supremacists because they were like, okay, our God needs blood to survive and we're the best people. So obviously he needs the best blood. So he needs our blood. Our blood is, like, full of vitamins and nutrients and kale and superfoods and antioxidants. And all y'all's blood is basically McDonald's. Um, we read Gwyneth Paltrow's blog and follow it to a <laughs> yeah. 
Our blood is goop blood. Your blood is poop blood. <laughs> um, I am so McDonald's... ashamed of that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, the Aztec are like, I've never had fucking McDonald's. Oh, yeah. They're like, so our blood is the best. So obviously we need to sacrifice our own selves. And so their blood is the best. They want to give the best blood to the god, but they don't necessarily want to die or kill their friends. So they would do ritual sacrifices, which it kind of goes back to your idea of ritual cannibalism. And Catholics, weirdly enough, this idea of symbolic sacrifice and symbolic death, they would do things like cut their lips and prepare to cringe their genitals. Oh, uh, no. I know, I know, I know. That I feel makes... bad even saying it because I'm just, I feel like all of my genitalia is trying to climb up inside my body when I say that. <laughs> I was going to say, every part of my vagina just died right now. It's, it's, it has developed limbs and legs like a tarantula and is trying to climb up into my stomach to get away <laughs> from the fact of the Aztecs. <laughs> I think we just have our next horror movie, so... Ah, uh, yeah, Vin, uh, Vagina Tentacula. <laughs> so, um, so anyway. They, yeah, so anyway, these are things that happened. They would also sacrifice children a lot, um, which is kind of sad. I don't like children, but I don't think we should sacrifice them. But they would do a lot of these things to just bleed and not die. Um, and all of these things are really horrifying. And one of the articles that I read talked about, like, human sacrifice is really brutal and gross. But this was also, like, a sacred religious cultural belief. So, like, how do you balance these two things? Like, both of these things are true. That it's gross and bad and brutal. But also that it's, like beautiful and cultural and meaningful um and so that's a really interesting thing to try and balance in your mind when you're not listening to this weird podcast but when you're just thinking about it human sacrifice cutting genitals but um the other reason why i wanted to talk about the aztec i love mexico like i love mexico i i am so it's my favorite place in the whole world and I've never felt safer or happier than when I was traveling to Mexico City. It is my heart. But I also found this article that went viral-ish a while ago about something the Aztecs had called a death whistle. And archaeologists have found it. They have no idea what it is or what it is for. Um, they speculate that it was either for religious ceremonies it, or they would use it um, to scare people in battle. And it is, hands down, the most frightening thing I've ever heard. It is so scary. It, like, causes a bodily fear in me. And it makes me think of this land that I love so much. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> um, so... Now I'm going to make a note to Clint. Clint, um, probably cut all this out and I'll send you a sound file and we'll just play it. Jennifer, my question for you is, do you want me to send you the link or, or do you just want to like hear it over our phone call? I, I want to hear it.
So that's what it sounds like when you hear, like, the sirens in the air when the apocalypse starts. Wait. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to listen to it now uh, on my computer here. Okay, I'll send you a link. Oh, my gosh. It's so scary. I don't even... I have a hard time even explaining why it is scary, just that it is. It... Oh, no. It sounds kind of like a banshee. Oh, it's like, I think what's, part of what's scary about it is that it's partway between a human and a non-human sound. It gets really raspy, too. It's kind of like a banshee that's been chain-smoking for at least two eternities. Mm -hmm. And it's not like she's chain-smoking anything good. She's got, like, several packs of Virginia Slims. It is, it is like a, it's... You know, people talk about the Uncanny Valley a lot as, like, what things look like, but I feel like this is the Uncanny Valley of what something sounds like, because it does sound kind of like a person screaming, but then on the other hand, it doesn't sound anything like any human screaming. It's a very unsettling thing, and part of the sound, like, part of what makes this terrifying is that they also don't know what that sound was for. Like, and these are just instruments. They made instruments specifically to sound like this, and they don't know what the purpose of those instruments were. Like I said, sometimes they think it might be ceremonial, um, and other times they think they made them just to, like, go into battle and scare the crap out of people. I don't know. It just seems like, to me, like, the fun of the, like, the fun of speculation is that it doesn't matter how rational your conclusion might be, you still never know. And there's always that slight chance that they're still just fucking trolling you. Yeah, that does feel a lot like what we talked about before of like, why do you even like creepy things in the beginning? And it's this idea of like, I don't know what the answer is. Like, it could be something really sinister. It could be nothing. It could be somewhere in the middle. But like that added layer of like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What are you doing? <laughs> so, so we have the death whistle. We have the death whistle, we have human sacrifices, we have so many mysteries. Not only did you and I not learn as much about the Aztecs in school as we should have, because they're awesome and super influential, and like I said, they're the Roman Empire of the Americas, there's just a lot of things that are very mysterious about them. All of their connections to these ruins around Mexico... The Mexican Spanish, I know I made a joke about this earlier, but Mexican Spanish has a lot of words that are from Nahuatl, which is the language that they spoke. Um, So like pre-Spanish and um, basically any um, Spanish word that ends in T, like coyote or elote or huitlacoche, that's a Nahuatl word. So that's not a word that comes from Spain or that you would see in Spain. Things like Oaxaca, things like with X's in it, that is actually from the Aztecs or the Mexica people, not from the Spaniards. So Mexico is really fucking cool and has this insane history. Yeah, you know, so I I remember, I don't know, sometime when I was taking history and like maybe a more precocious person than I am now, but I remember the thing that I did learn about the Aztec civilization is that what was most impressive because you know they built like these complicated sprawling cities like the the floating city was literally in the middle of a lake they made that happen 
Yeah, no, that's... And that became Mexico City. Right. Um, Which is one of the biggest cities in the world. Terraforming, (laughs) y'all. But... um, but also, like, what what's impressive is, like, this is a, a group of people who built this without, you know, the use of, of beast the way that we would, like, think of, like, using horses and stuff. Oh, yeah, um, like, oxes and... Yeah. Um, I don't even they... really... To, listen, I'm going to be totally honest with you, more honest than I've ever been about animals. I don't know what oxes are. Um, I only know <laughs> it from the Oregon Trail. <laughs> As being better to pull your wagon than horses. <laughs> I Hashtag, assume... I don't know what axes are, but thank you, Oregon Trail. I assume they're, like, beefy cows, but I don't really know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oxes are, like, beefy cows. I can't even talk right now that's good (laughs) listen don't correct me don't tell me what oxen are i prefer my life where they're just really beefy even tempered cows um that pull that fucking wagon so they did not have um any oxes to pull their wagons (laughs) the oregon trail um they they actually if i remember correctly had not like discovered the wheel like that's the whole thing that was like crazy about like all the shit that was going on like in europe and all those connected countries over there is that one person invents something everyone fucking gets it really fast because they're all close to each other but these are civilizations that were entirely entirely removed from that so these motherfuckers didn't have a wheel so no one was driving around in their goddamn fancy carts pulled by horses or oxes no oxen no as far as i know and they didn't have like steel or iron or bronze both of yeah those- there was some like because that was one of the big things when the conquistadors came over was that they were like oh cool metal but they didn't have the same developments as like european civilizations or western civilizations however you want to think about it but they were like in some ways really ahead of them um they built these insane cities that had populations that like european cities would not see for you know, hundreds of years afterwards. But, and this is what I find so fascinating and crazy, and this might be a thing that we cut out. The Americas were super sophisticated and super populated and full of people and rich civilizations in lots and lots of different ways. But they were decimated by European diseases. Like, Europeans were just, like, gross and dirty and, like, I don't know, rolling around in each other's shit for so long that... They were like, oh, I sneezed once, not a big deal. But that sneeze would, like, wipe out hundreds of thousands of people in the Americas. Europe was just, like, covered with fleas and rats and sitting in a dump for so long that... They were basically people eating each other's poop and not washing their hands, being covered in poop germs. (laughs) It was like a a continent of toddlers coming into a (laughs) continent of hand washers. Like... And then all the hand washers die because they're not used to fighting off, like, super-ass poop germs. Like, it's insane. But, yeah, so that's, so I'm really, my last parting thing about the Aztec death stream um, and my own little tiny uninformed theory is that it sounds a lot like a mountain lion scream. Um, have you ever heard a mountain lion scream? No, 
I have not heard one in real life. I've only heard recordings. But in books, I grew up reading, like, Laura Ingalls Wilder and stuff. They would say, like, it sounds like a woman screaming. And it's like a blood-curdling sound. And I was like, okay, okay, whatever. But when I finally looked up a sound of a mountain lion screaming, that's what I think this death whistle is. I cannot believe that Laura Ingalls Wilder heard that as a child. And as I recall, in Little House on the Prairie, her dad was like, it's a mountain lion and it will just carry you off and eat you because you're a child. Which is also what my dad told me about mountain lion. Horrifying. I'm glad I didn't hear it. My dad was like, that thing will eat you dead. Yeah, it's it's really creepy. It's but... it, it has like a mix of desperation, like, help me, I'm dying, and I'm not. This is very calculated and sinister and so, cockroach-like. Yes, very cockroach-like, <laughs> if one considers the dark hearts of cockroaches. Right, they're interiors, which are not souls, but instead ill intent. So and I'm not sure if this is a another one of those you know, to the victors go what history is going to be understood to be like or whatever. But I thought that there was some type of god where in order to worship the god, they would have to flay the skins of slaves and wear them. Oh. I mean, I'm I sure vaguely Game of remember. Thrones didn't, like, invent it out of nowhere. <laughs> Somebody stole that idea from somebody. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but they were also, like, known for their sports, too, right? They had lots of sports. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get a little bit of filleting slaves, maybe. Get a little bit of children's sacrifice. Have some steak and some basketball. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Um, I do have one other parting thought. Not thought. One parting fact. Do you know about Cholula hot sauce? Yes. It's really delicious, isn't it? Uh, I love that hot sauce. Yeah. Also, if you're listening and you don't know what Cholula is, you go buy Cholula and then you'll taste it and you'll be like, one, I do recognize this taste. And two, it's so good. But Cholula was actually the name of a city in Mexico. And it is over 2,000 years old. It's considered the oldest inhabited city in North America, which is awesome, right? Not so awesome. It's where uh, Cortez, Hernando Cortez, massacred, like, the whole population. Because he was a piece of shit. He was such a piece of shit. So whenever you eat this hot sauce and it has, like, a nice little, like, Tia-looking lady on it, and you're like, this is delicious. Like, how cute this is. That's where the name comes from, was from the oldest inhabited city in North America, one, which is amazing. Why do we not know that? And two, where there were like a thousand murders. I mean, I have always appreciated the darkness in this world. And I will also appreciate the darkness that is in one of my favorite hot sauces. So maybe that's what we've learned today, that if we want something to taste good, whether it's human feet meat, whether it's hot sauce, there needs to be some darkness behind it. The darkness is what really brings out the flavor. I mean, isn't that the whole trope? Like, there can't be darkness without light, and there can't be light without darkness, and forces have to be balanced, and ghosts <laughs> have to go get massages, and, like, 
take shits and other things. I don't know. There can't be deliciousness without a horrible pain. There can't be hot sauce without the weeping tears of screaming zombies slash mountain lions. I'm going to probably have nightmares at some point, not about the mountain lion scream, but the fact that now I also can't imagine a mountain lion not smoking Virginia Slims. <laughs> oh my god, my mother smokes Virginia Slims. <laughs> I didn't even know that your mom smoked Virginia Slims. Sorry, mom. No, 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 no. That fits even better. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Jennifer, did we learn anything today? I'm not... I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I feel like we initially thought we'd close the podcast by saying what we learned, but I don't know that we ever learn anything else except that the human condition is always a real fucking crapshoot. Yeah, like, humans are, are fucked up, and it doesn't matter how rational we think we are. There's going to be another large civilization that takes over in a thousand years, and they're going to look back at all the shit that we do and be like, what the fuck was wrong with these people? How could they? Also, I like the idea that things frighten us and we don't understand why, or like, why does eating people meat make you crazy? But not all people. Like, some people can eat people meat and not get crazy, or... Why does this horrifying whistle make us so scared? But then also it sounds like a cougar, or maybe it doesn't. <sighs> Mysteries exist, and what the fuck. Well, you know, I just want to point out, this is for everyone who really, really, really believes in, you know, protecting your freedoms. <laughs> Take comfort in knowing that if you wanted to eat your own goddamn foot, you can, because this is America, and it is not illegal. That's true. That's very true. I wish, and now we, maybe we will ask Clint, can we close this podcast to the tune of Proud to be an American? All Things Hair is research recorded and written by two amateurs, Jennifer and Emily. Clint is our sound editor. We are available on Gmail or Twitter at All Things Terror. We're available on Instagram at All Things Terror Podcast. Stream us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Show notes and streaming available on SoundCloud. Show us some love wherever you listen with a rate, a review, or a subscribe. This episode is specially brought to you by Mason at Geek Squad. Emily royally fucked up her half of the audio, and he helped her recover it. High five to you, my man. Hashtag Mason from Geek Squad. See you next time. tell you like a really bad joke today which was what do you call the version of me that is cold in the snow 
too drunk and crying. Saturday night, Jennifer? A slurry. Oh. <laughs> so there you go. That is a really dumb joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we both laughed. Clint, oh, please no. cut that out, too. <laughs> yes, please. Don't please cut that out. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> This is this is the moment where I test Clint's friendship to see if he cuts it out or leaves it in. 